Sometimes it's a lovely bake, but sometimes it's a bit dreadful. Welcome to the Gingham Altar. I'm Mac. And I'm Megan. Every week we tackle another episode of everyone's favorite baking competition, the Great British Bake Off. And after we've said our piece, we try to put our bakes where our mouths are and replicate some of the recipes from the day's episode. This week, we are taking a look back at the entire season five. So we are doing our season wrap up. So it's many episodes. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's many episodes. And we didn't cook anything special for this one. No, but I did make some things. So it's more the things that I wanted to ramble about earlier, <laughs> but thought that's not at all related. And we already tend to do quite enough talking about random things during this podcast anyway. So now I get to talk about them anyway. I know, right? That's what mm-hmm. it's for. There we go. I wrote up a couple of questions that we can kind of use to to guide us through this, but you know, I mean, wherever the thing takes us, takes us. Is that okay with you? Sure, absolutely. All right. So first off, you know, the kind of conceit behind the show is that we are producing a lot of the stuff that they make on the show in our home kitchens and seeing what we think about it. So, mm-hmm. what's the favorite thing that you have made this season? Oh man, the thing that pops out at me. There are things that I was more proud of. But the thing that comes to mind that I will definitely make again is it was the shaped bread. And I did too. I ruined the first one that was like a cinnamon roll kind of bread that made a star. Right. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I did like a pesto pepperoni pizza kind of bread. And it was just so simple and it looked so pretty. And it seemed like the perfect thing to bring to like a potluck kind of situation that I that's probably my favorite. How about you? I think I'm going to go back to the very first episode. I really liked that Swiss roll I made. I thought it was super tasty and I had a lot of fun making it. Back in the day bakery, man. Yeah, I was like, I mean, they, the they know what's day. up. Did they you did. end up making it for Christmas? I know we talked about it. I didn't. I wimped out. It's <laughs> just, there, there weren't enough mouths to feed, which is the opposite of what how the phrase goes. Back a couple months ago, I got to visit a friend who lives in Savannah, and I visited the back-in-the-day bakery, and I have a few pictures. I can post them on our um, on Instagram. That would be at the Gingham Alter Show on Instagram. I just love the vibe. It's kind of like this sweet retro 1960s childhood meets Americana, but not like Trumpy Americana, like the good kind. And so it's just, you know, the kind of place where you'd have like whitewashed walls and a hand embroidered napkin and uh, man, and everything I had there was amazing. And that's where Helen, my baby, had her first cupcake. And I have pictures of that too. But the crowning glory is that Cheryl Day signed a book for me and I got my picture with her. Oh, that's super cute. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. We have a a new bakery that just opened here in Peachtree Corners that I want to try. But I was going to go and like bebop down there last Sunday and be like, we're going to, you know, make a day of it. Well, first off, I forgot it was Easter. And then I forgot that Dale is apparently when it's Passover, it's not just kosher that you eat, but it's like super duper extra kosher. I didn't know Dale's been eating kosher. No, but like he he did it just for Passover, but like the the extra version. So nothing's leavened. It's kind of like a Lent or comparable to Lent. That's sort of like, I'm not going to do this all the time, but for this period of time, I'll. Right. And so he hasn't been eating. Oh, God, so nothing leavened. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Which takes the joy out of a bakery. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, at this Seder we went to last weekend, the flourless chocolate cake that was the dessert course was the bomb. Oh, I, and I was a little worried. I was like, I don't know how this is going to go because I love flour. Mm. But Did you ask for the recipe? 
No, but I did look up. There's a couple of baking books that I've been going through that ha- that actually have flourless chocolate cake recipes in there, and the pictures look very similar. I did one. I can't remember if it was flourless. I think it was for the oh i really love that too actually going back to another thing i baked for the podcast the baked alaska was on top Mm -hmm. of a flourless cake and it was really successful and it that was a dory greenspan and i think they compared it to a fallen chocolate souffle i think of them as like a fudgy brownies grown-up sister yeah you just eat it more elegantly if you cut it into squares and called it a brownie i don't know that anybody would really bat an eye at you right yeah (laughs) i love a brownie i do love a brownie Helen and I picked straw. Well, not just Helen and I. Um, a family friend came to visit, and we picked strawberries. And I somehow ended up with two gallons of fresh strawberries because, I mean, I'm in Alabama. Like it's strawberry area. You're stupid if you don't. Well, not stupid, but you know, it's a great place to do a little bit of you pick around this time of year. And two gallons of strawberries is a lot. I did a strawberry shortcake yesterday, and I did find myself thinking that it would be really good to do a fudgy brownie warmed slightly. And then to dump a bunch of macerated, sort of a mixture of macerated and cut up strawberries on top of that. That would be good. I love a frozen berry. You know, that is just one of my kind of go-tos. I love to eat them just straight out of the freezer without letting them thaw a bit. I use a ton of them for smoothies. I have a smoothie almost every day. See, and I was doing smoothies all the time, but then cleaning the blender is just a pain in my ass. It is a pain. (laughs) It is. I agree completely. I have a good um, dish brush. And throwing this out there, do you have like... A dish brush that you use that you just keep by the sink? I don't know what you mean by a dish brush. It's like a stiff, long-handled brush that you can use to get, like, down in the blender, and it usually has nylon bristles. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got a couple of those that I got from Ikea. I also have a scrub pad of chainmail that our friend Rebecca made for me a million years ago. Buddy, you know I got one of those, too. And I still use it. Like, I mean, it's been... I don't know, the better part of a decade since she gave that to me. Well, it's not going to wear out. <laughs> exactly. It's not even rusty. <laughs> I use it to um, go after cast iron, and mm-hmm. I think that's what she meant it for. But Yeah, uh, well, I, anything that gets baked on, uh, that's the thing that scours it off. That's your uh, the, like the heaviest weapon in your arsenal. Absolutely, but yeah. you've got to be careful because it, you know, it has some scratch potential in it. Yeah, you can't use that on nonstick. But... <laughs> no, 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 no. But my little random tip to anyone listening about a dish brush is that there are a lot of cute ones that have a wooden handle and that's nice and all but I really like mine that's made out of I think it's a heavy recycled plastic I found it just at like Marshall's or whatever but it's nice because it's all plastic or nylon so you can wash it in the top rack of the dishwasher so when inevitably gunk gets gummed up in it you can just give it a weekly wash and it's as clean as can be huh Yeah, Yeah, that is good. So what about the flip side? What was the least favorite thing that you made? Maybe not the biggest failure, but the thing that you enjoyed making the least. The biggest pain in the butt. I feel like I need to review everything I've made. Gosh, I'm sure some of them I've just forgotten. I can jump in if you want to Go for it. Okay. So I actually think that the biggest pain in the butt, like my biggest failure was the chic tort. I, I didn't like it. But your description of making it was not a whole lot of fun either. No, no. It sounds like kind of a nightmare. But the, actually the one that I think that I would probably go back to last is the the self-saucing puddings I made. I do remember you not having a whole lot of fun with those. It just, it was, 
I was trying to do too much and I didn't understand what was going on. And I, you know, this is back when we were still trying to make time. Oh, uh-huh. those heady early uh, days. Yeah. And, and so, <laughs> you know, I was doing all this stuff and then they were just didn't come out right. And I, the more that I bake, the more I'm starting to appreciate stuff that has a little bit longer of a shelf life. The things that have to be served immediately are are very annoying because you have to have an immediate plan for them. And, and these, you know, once they set, they're done. And so I just, I didn't enjoy that as much. And I can't, you know, if all the things that I could think of to serve other people, I don't know that this is something that I'd go back to especially quickly. In a way, though, it's nice to have tried it and know it's not worth it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't regret making anything we've made all season long. Isn't that a weird thing about this whole project, how it's been like, I don't know, there's just no regret? Not really. I mean, even if something turns out terrible, it has just been like, well, that was a colossal waste of time. Oh, well. Right. And I feel really good about the idea of experimentation for the sake of experimentation. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and you said yourself that you're not somebody who tends to go back to recipes. So anything that shoves you into trying something new out, I think, is right up your alley. Yes, absolutely. And I love these kinds of projects, how it gave some structure to what otherwise might have been. It just never would have happened. I would have just kept making the things I was comfortable with. Oh my gosh, so I'm going back through our Instagram to remember the things that I've made. One of the things that shows up is me making, um, it looks like the time that I made, oh yeah, it was my savory biscuits and I've got Helen strapped to my back. (laughs) Like, I wouldn't have remembered that either, but that definitely sticks out in my memory. So the thing that looking back was the hardest to make or, or the worst to make, oddly enough, the things that I made that were the most over the top and difficult turned out well like i would say that my brioche turned out really well the entremet turned out well the the alaska turned out well the one that stands out but the things that were easy or they seemed easy while i was making them were my greatest failures right (laughs) but i'd say the one that was most unpleasant to make because i was working with a cookie press and because it was kind of hard on my hands and it made of course a gigantic batch they were delicious and I, i'd make them again i liked them they were my cheese blobs which were supposed to be cheese straws but you know found out that my cookie press did not do straws it only did blobs so right. those were the worst i think just because you got that repetitive motion and i don't have a manly hand strength <laughs> so yeah it would be the cheese blobs those were those were not fun I needed I needed to make Ryan do that because he should do all the things I don't want to do in life. I mean, isn't that why we get married? <laughs> you know, I've got one of those balancing relationships between opposite people. So, yes, he does all the crap I don't want to do and vice versa. Like today I loaded up envelopes with thank you notes and photos of my cute ass baby and am sending them out to all the um, grandmas and great grandmas and whatnot to say thank you for birthday gifts that they sent to Helen. And it occurred to me as I was doing it that if Ryan were a single dad, this would just never happen. So I do the crap he doesn't want to do and he does things like our taxes (laughs) so like it works out pretty well it's hard to believe that when you're married and you have that split that it's like how does this person not resent me 
because I'm doing the easy stuff. But the thing is, I don't think he would, I think he thinks he's doing the easy, we both think we're doing the easy stuff. And like, I feel slightly guilty and he probably just feels like he's getting away with something in a pleasant way. Yeah, but I mean, I guess that's the balance that you're really trying to look for. Yeah, yeah, it's ideal. It only just occurred to me as I was running my mouth. So I've got a question to piggyback on least fun to make. Okay. And that was, what would you say, what recipes were your failures flavor or texture wise? So the failures were the self-saucing puddings Mm -hmm. because they did not sauce themselves. Um, Very technical, literal failure. um, (laughs) The schick tort, just because I think that the recipe itself was gross. I could not taste where anything was wrong. It just tasted like the thickest pancake covered in chocolate you'd ever eaten in your whole life. And that doesn't even sound good. No, it doesn't. The Saverin had to grow on me, but I ended up liking it pretty well. I wouldn't count that as a failure. That one's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that it would fine. It was an experiment that I knew about going in, but the baked donuts were gross. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I wanted to give them a shot, you know, see if this, this cookbook was lying to me, and it kind of was. They're not what you wanted them to be. Right. They were fine on their own. Like, right. as as a thing out in the world... You know, sugar, good rice, kind of tasted like a biscuit, you know, looked really pretty. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't what I wanted when I when the texture hit my mouth. Also a good example of the problem with finding recipes by pictures, because I they looked great. Right. But looking great doesn't necessarily give you what you want. No. Well, and that's, I think that that is actually maybe the only reason to make the schick tort, which is... It looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. The it pictures did. all like, you know, with the layers and all, it looks so fancy. And almost like that spider web design on top. Mm-hmm. That was really nice too. But what about you? What do you, what do you think were some of the things that missed it on some of the marks? Well, there was, <laughs> there were many, as you will recall, the first like three uh, or four things I tried were just like tragic failures. The first thing that I made that Mary Berry cherry cake there from the technical that was so dry, and that was the one where my mom picked a cherry out of it, ate it, and then threw the rest away. <laughs> and like I think, and I think it's a quote. This cake is terrible, and so that one, you know, a very a couple of people commented that that was pretty bad. The other that was just straight up bad was that lemon tart I made that used a whole lemon peel rind and all, right, and found out that. Any bitter going into your baked good is too much bitter. I did, it was the week that you did your eclairs. I also did pasties and they Mm -hmm. were dry. And that one, I feel like that one was more me. It wasn't that the recipe was bad. It's that I needed gravy or something else to go with it. And I just didn't have what I needed. The other two, I feel like I did what I was supposed to. I followed the recipe and it was just bad. The Saverin, I think, was just a case of me not liking what it was. So it wasn't that it was bad. It just and was not. I can what I easily wanted. see that. That I will say, you know, that is something that it's. I, I very much considered it in the same vein as like candy corn, where it's like I have one. I'm like, I don't really like this, but and yet, I did eat the whole bowl. It's funny so. to use that comparison because I love some candy corn. <laughs> hey, go figure. Like, why would anyone love candy corn? But I do. In fact, Ryan gets mad at me when I buy it because he's like, "Great, now I'm going to eat the whole bag." <laughs> no, you're not, because I am. No, we're going to eat them like ravenous people. One of the grocery stores I go to, because I have now become the person that has to shop at multiple grocery stores to get all the things that they need for a week. Me too. 
just <laughs> and you've got the cheap store and then the store where you get the fancy stuff where i do anyway well i've got the store where i go to get produce mm-hmm. and then i've got the store where i go to get all the stuff that my fancy organic supermarket doesn't have like diet coke yeah <laughs> the things you're using to kill yourself slowly right yes. you know something you know something with chemicals in it something to preserve mm-hmm. this body you're right. Oh, it is preserving. I never thought of it in those terms, but that's what I'm going to use whenever I feel weird about it. It's like I'm preserving myself. Right. But the like one weird thing that my my fancy grocery store has, you know, next to in the, the scoop section where you can get like raw nuts and all the flowers, you know, in bulk and all this sort of stuff. Right. I mean, it really is great. The There's bins. a line and you can get bulk gummy bears. <gasps> oh, and they were on sale last week for $2 a pound. Whoa. You best believe. And they're awesome gummy bears. They <laughs> taste so good. I actually got Ryan's sour gummy bears for Easter. Oh. The bunny did anyway. And I got myself a ton of like really expensive chocolate. But he likes kid candy. I can tell you do too, obviously. Yeah. See, we're we're team fruity and sour over here. I do you not know, not get so much it. chocolate. I, different strokes, I suppose, but it just blows my mind because I'm like, how is this what you prefer? Oh, I know. Mm -mm. You know what one of Dale's favorite candies is? And I got to tell you, I think it's pretty good, too. Mike and Ike. Dots. Ew. No, those aren't good at all. (laughs) They're like, they, it's like. It's just a gumdrop. Not a damn bit of sugar on the outside. No. Ew. Why? Mm, I love anything that tastes like the color green. Yeah. You have described that about as well as one can. That is impressive. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh the color green that is exactly what it tastes like too so what's the most important thing you've learned all season long is there a, a tip that you've picked up or or something that you that you're especially proud that you mastered the biggest thing is that doing this structured challenge has encouraged me to do things i ordinarily wouldn't and that i would do again and it's really improved me as a baker just the, the, like I said, the structure of it to get you to do things you ordinarily wouldn't is pretty big. As far as technique, not being afraid of, I was really intimidated by things that involved eggs, whipping egg white to a particular level where you're you know, stiff peaks, soft peaks, making a meringue or uh, tempering eggs. And it's really not anything to be afraid of what you really need more than anything else is good just good photos and or maybe a video and watch like three or four videos on youtube before you try it and you'll be set like that it's not anything to be afraid of or not to be afraid of things that or that there are recipes available that give better instructions than do it till it looks right Right. Do it till it looks right doesn't help anybody, but mm-hmm. that it's easy, easier now, I think, to find something that's able to give really clear instruction and that it's worth quite a bit. Actually, speaking of your love of cookbooks that have excellent pictorial instructions, mm. there's a there I, found, I ran across a new one that you need to take take a look at. Ooh. Uh, it's called Rose's Baking Basics. <gasps> I love Rose Berenbaum. Yes, author of the cake Bible. But yeah, I'm obsessed with her. She also has a pie Bible Mm -hmm. and probably a bread Bible. She's like, she and Dory, I think, should be besties. I don't know if they are or not, but they're like the same person in my head. So, but I mean, it has that same sort of thing that you were talking about where they have, you know, multiple steps. I I ran across this because it made the New York Times Best Cookbooks of 2018 list. That's awesome. Did you buy it or did you check it out from the library? I just got it from the library right now, but I might end up buying it. It's, Mm -hmm. it's. 
it's one of the two or three that I've run across, you know, since we got started that I kind of want to have myself uh, along with the Mark Bittman, uh, how to bake everything. It's really this challenge and having done some unusual things has really reinforced to me the importance of a good general source. Mm-hmm. And mine have been Cook's Illustrated, more than anything, Cook's Illustrated and King Arthur Flower. And I actually went to a yard sale this morning and found the King Arthur Flower 200th anniversary cookbook or baking book and it's a tome and I think they only published it in paperback which is too bad because I mean it'll fall apart but I of course I bought that sucker for a dollar and but yeah having really great sources and I think Rose Barenbaum is known for being great yeah I I mean uh, her her the introductory like chapter where she's just kind of talking about the way that the book is set up Mm -hmm. is I mean it's instructive all on its own I also tried among other things I didn't do it for any of our challenges, but I finally used the Cardamom Trail, um, which is Chetna McCann's first book, Chetna from the Show. And I had one recipe that I wasn't thrilled with. I did a family-sized chicken pie, and it was it was a little dry. It needed more vegetables. It was almost just chicken and crust and curry. But the other one I made turned out really well, even though I had to improvise a little bit. And for that, I used, um, it was a shaped bread, and it was braided like a challah but you filled each tube with jam before rolling it up and then you braided the tubes and that then good. baked it yeah it was really good and so when you cut a slice there were all these like little ribbons of jam running through it and i think i used uh peach apricot mm-hmm. and that i was really happy with too so it's 50 50 hit or miss with the cardamom trail i know that she's done two books since that both were very I know that the book looked very professionally done and like the pictures are great and nice hardcover copies so somebody put some cash into producing her stuff so have you done anything else by the bakers on the show I've done anything by the bakers um I have taken on some other stuff that you know to bake outside of what we've been doing so there's a the are you familiar with uh Odalingi? yes Okay, so they have a a dessert cookbook called Sweet that I think came out last year, maybe the year before, and it has a lot of really beautiful stuff in it. The only you know ding I'll have against it is that some of the ingredients are kind of hard to source, mm. but but they're cooking out of London, what's available in London, right? And so you know some of it is just that they have more options than I do, and some of it's just. Some things are more available in Britain. Yeah, so, and it's such a hub culturally. Right. that, And sometimes, I mean, I know that there's a gigantic Korean market in Atlanta. Am I correct? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, we've got a couple of international farmer's markets. It's just going down there Getting and then there. find... Ooh. And then finding what you need because it's like, I know what this is, but I don't know where it would be shelved or what it looks like or what the canister is. Right. Yeah. You good know. luck finding it. And so I actually, what I ended up making from the sweet cookbook most recently was uh, it's this swirl cake. And so think of it, it's kind of like a Swiss roll, but instead of rolled up like a log, you turn it on its side. So the swirl runs vertically. Oh, cool. And and you ice all in between it and all this sort of stuff. And I just used mixed berries instead of black currant, but like made a buttercream out of it in this whole nine years. So good. But, you know, and it's once again that sort of like cake with no leavening. So it's just egg whites and making it on a sheet pan. And, you know, and now that I know all the tricks to that, curving a cake ain't nothing but a thing. Yeah. And so I've, I think I've made it twice in the last month to take to various places. By the way, your phrasing, ain't nothing but a thing, made me laugh. Yeah. I also made uh, bows or a little bows. Um, Did you? How'd that go? 
it, it went great. The thing is, the recipe that I had, and I have a feeling it's going to be any recipe of these you make, mm-hmm. it makes such a... So these are, if you don't know what it is, it's a little steamed dumpling. Yeah. And that you can use as, to... to with meats or, or different kinds of things. It's a, it's a Asian uh, bread. And so, you know, so you steam it, is which it is a, am I making that up? Uh, yeah. Chinese, Korean, um, mm-hmm. you, you're going to see it in a lot of Eastern Asian food. And so it's, and it's got a little bit of, a little bit of sugar to it. A little, it's a little sweet. So you steam it. And so I actually made it in my rice cooker in the steamer basket. Ooh, that's a great idea. You know, cause it needed to be covered. And I was like, well, I don't really have like a big like pot steamer. I wonder if this will work. It totally did. But the only problem with it is it made a bajillion. Yeah. And so it's like to make for your entire church. Right. If you like, if you were going to cater an event of vows, might I suggest this recipe? Yeah. But, you know, so I think that going forward, maybe I'd half it or something like that. But they were really delicious to make. And I, you know, if you were going to host some people or like, you know, do a little like, I could see you doing like a build your own bow kind of like party tray. Oh, that would be great. I, I can see this going over really well. So, so one thing I did with friends back when we lived in Georgia, a friend was korean and she made really amazing spring rolls and they were like the super fresh kind and like where it's all mostly raw ingredients inside i believe but tons of fresh basil and red bell pepper and she um provided a place to have the party but the idea was that every person brought an ingredient that was necessary to make them and then while we were there we cut everything up and rolled them together while we were chatting having fun music all that stuff and then everybody was able to bring home a whole bunch of these spring rolls to eat at home in addition to what we snacked on while we were there and maybe bow would be kind of like that and that you'd have like a bow folding party and that way there's not so much individual chopping like because you're doing it as a group and turning it into a party yeah i I think that there's a lot of really good stuff that you can do with it and it's certainly something that i i want to go back to i mean my my biggest problem these days is not it's not lack of ideas of what to bake it's lack of time to bake it in yes definitely And, and that's a good spot to be in yeah, I have this excess of ideas to like this incredibly long list of things that would be fun to do. And, you know, it's just waiting until the perfect time. So actually, this kind of leads me into something else that I wanted to ask you. What is, is there something on your kind of like baking list, something you haven't made yet, but that you've got your eye on and that you're excited to try in the future, whether it's a specific or a, a genre of things? Well, a hint at the next season, I looked up if slash when we do, um, well, I guess it's just when, we do season, let's see, it would be series six, but the second season available on Netflix. The first thing that we're supposed to make is a Black Forest cake, Mm -hmm. which, and many moons ago, I saw a photo of a Black Forest cake that stuck with me on the blog What Katie Ate. Have you ever noticed or seen that anywhere? No, but okay. (laughs) Okay, so she takes this i don't think she really does recipes as much but there are these just food porn food pornography and it's this messy kind of naked cake back when that was really coming into into vogue and these really dark chocolate layers and between each of the layers you've got these thick slathers of whipped cream and i think it's made with mascarpone too and then like the dark red cherries and it just looks sensual and i'm really looking forward to giving that a shot that's definitely what i'm gonna try the next time around but i also am pretty excited about the move and opportunities i'll have to work with tropical flavors and really fresh produce because hawaii is 
a farming community, surprisingly enough, or I guess maybe not surprisingly, but they're really known for their sugarcane, their pineapple, and their coffee, all of which could be worked into some pretty amazing bakes. So it's more about what really fresh local ingredients am I going to be able to get my hands on in the near future? Nice. That does sound good. I'm pumped. How about you? So there's not really any one particular thing that I'm most excited about tackling. The biggest thing that I, I mean, there are some kind of things that I haven't made yet that I do want to try. I've never made a cheesecake before. So I'd like to, it's never come up. And it's, it's one of Dale's favorite things. So, perfect. so, you know, I want to give that a try. I've not, I'm not a big pie maker yet. So I'd like to do more pies and to especially try more savory stuff. I've mostly stuck Mm -hmm. to sweet things. And so anything that I can do to add more savory baking into what I'm trying out, I think would be a, a good thing. It makes it easier to eat it anytime. And I like a lot of savory baked things. I think that it works really well. But probably the biggest thing that I want to work on, though, is that I'd like to, to now that I feel like I've got some of the basics down for like what I'm doing or, you know, an idea of how these things are going to start coming together is I'd like to focus a little bit more on the presentation. <sighs> Isn't that so hard? I feel almost like I not almost I feel like I need a class to help me with presentation. Really? Yes. I took one class back around Christmas to make, it was a twist on the unicorn cake that has been very Pinteresty of late. Hmm. And the, but instead of a unicorn cake, it was a reindeer cake. And I'll have to see if I can dig up those pictures and put them online because it was really cute and it turned out great. The cake wasn't that good though, but, (laughs) but it did teach me a lot very quickly about piping and frosting and how to make things look nice and you had to make these reindeer ankler anklers antlers out of tempered chocolate and I would have had no idea how to do that so all of that kind of stuff you can pick up really quick but you wouldn't just know it just because like I need to be told I guess that's kind of what's on my mind but it's it's not something that comes to me naturally I'm not good at making things pretty. Like, I was the kid whose presentation board for science fair just looked like hot garbage. It was like lead pencil on white poster board. Yeah. No, I mean, and I feel you. I I am also not somebody who is naturally a very good decorator, but... It you know because that's a weakness of mine. It's mm-hmm. something that I do want to try to tackle, and you know I may never get to you know full pastry shop window, but I I don't want it to you know if I decide. In the future, you know, after I I figured out how to do it, that it's too much trouble, that's fine. Yeah. But I don't want to not be able to do it because, you know, (laughs) I don't want to be like, no, it doesn't matter what it looks like. And it's mostly just because because I have no control over what it looks like. Yeah. (laughs) It is what it is and it does what it does, which is exactly how I feel about my kid. But (laughs) yeah, like I know exactly what you mean where it's like, well, this is my best attempt. (laughs) my best attempt is blob it on and hope for the best weird tip about frosting a cake that i know i should have realized but i didn't it works a lot better if you put the cake in the freezer yeah like freeze your cake before frosting it that seems so obvious but i had no idea and then it was like why is my cake melting while i try to put frosting on it like well because it's soft and you're putting a soft thing on another soft thing. I was like, I actually, you know, I gave myself another shot at making icing flowers uh, about a week ago. And, you know, they weren't perfect, but they were a lot better than the first time I tried. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like, you know what, I'll, I'll try it again. And I actually, 
when I, I made the icing for the my last cake, I just I whipped up a little bit extra, and it was just solely to practice different things, to see what my tips would do, to see what would happen if I, you know, did it in a arc, did it in a dot, did it in a you know all sorts of different things, so that I could play around with it. it because fun? that's another thing when it comes to decorating is you can't just decide oh I'm going to practice decorating. You have to have something to practice with. Yeah. And so you're, you know, you're halfway into cooking something and you hate to waste it, but that's how you learn. Yeah. Or at least that's how I learn. Yeah. <laughs> Messing around, fiddling, and yeah, I, I'm with you. I actually bought, I was inspired by you and bought a set like that also from Amazon. And, you know, just whatever happened to be both cheap and highly rated. I'm not sure which one, but <laughs> I want to want to play with that like you did so that the next time I go after it, maybe it's not quite so much of a shit show. Well, and I'll say uh, Wilton, who's the company who makes a lot of the the tips and they're kind of the standard for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have a lot of instructional videos on YouTube. So if there's ever anything you wanted to make out of icing... Ooh. They have a lot of really good, really succinct kind of methods. Now, how good these women are at making these flowers and how they're just like, and it's this and this and this. And that really is all there is to it. There's no better way to describe it. You, at some point, you will hate them. Oh. Oh, the, the women? <laughs> yes. Or, yes. Because, like, it's just, it's so easy. How look dare yours look so pretty? Yeah. Yeah. I hate you a lot. A lot, a lot. Yeah, that's fair. So, but I'm I'm excited for this next round of stuff that we're going to make. I'm excited about all of the things that we are, you know, going to get out there and try. I'm excited about the extra things that I will just be forced to buy to add to our kitchen. You mean, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I definitely saw a Nordicware pan this morning at the yard sale and had to stop myself. But it was like... For little cakes that are the size of a quarter, basically, and like I and and watch, like sometime in this next season, I'm gonna kick myself for not having bought it. Right. Well, I was just like, you know, I mean, I should go buy a nice tart pan because you know it'll last me forever. There you go. That's a really good point. And <laughs> I worked at a houseware store for a while, so I got to be a snob about all kitchen things. And I've got some recommendations. There is nothing wrong with a Cuisinart pan. Fat Daddios is a brand that I that they carried at the store that was really nice that I've seen in a couple of um, Marshall TJ Maxx type situations. And another good brand is USA Pan. And that's what I went with when I needed to buy like nicer pans. I really love Nordicware, obviously. They carry Nordicware too. And one of my favorite, funny enough, my favorite places to get half sheet pans is at the big box store. Mm-hmm. Um, my current half sheet pans I got I think from Costco and they were so cheap and they do the job and I just end up lining them with a silpat most of the time anyway so I mean it's no worry about them being sticky well and the other thing is if there's a restaurant supply store anywhere near you Ooh, yeah. any of this base level stuff you can get for super cheap mm-hmm. I've noticed a rise in the number of restaurants that are serving food on half sheet pans that's funny. That's a you know like that. That's just the tray they're using, and I was like, and they're like, oh, you know, this is cute and industrial. I was like, that's just a half cookie sheet. That's all that that is. That's just cheap, <laughs> right? It's just cheap. It's a cheap slab of metal, you know, and but you can cook on it, and then you can serve on it. So yeah, that's a great place to get a whisk or a paring knife. Or mm-hmm. I've heard um, I was interested in getting a wok. I didn't ever end up getting one, but. 
I've read that it's one of the best places to get a walk mm-hmm. or... I've got a walk. I, I gotta say, I don't use it. I have a hard time with high heat cooking because I live in a succession of rental homes and I have never had a an oven vent that worked. Well, my thing is, is that I, as a bad cook, I am not very good with my mise en place. <gasps> and so... That's how I took a chunk out of my little finger. So I'm I'm big on well we'll get this started and I'll go chop the rest of this while this is going on. You're a naughty boy. And so it's it's uh and Dale's actually the opposite. Dale's great at it. <laughs> you know, Dale preps every ingredient in its own bowl and then he starts to cook. It's fascinating to watch. I could not for the life of me ever do it. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> I grated uh, on my beloved micro plane grater, which, by the way, I continue to use in spite of the fact that it probably has some skin cells up in it. Because <laughs> I grated a chunk about half the size of a dime out of my little finger knuckle one time <laughs> because I was trying to make pad thai and I was doing that. And I didn't realize how fast when you're doing something Asian food, it's like, throw this in, now throw this in, now throw this in. And so I was trying to prep as I went, and I grated my finger partially off and had to pick a chunk of flesh out of the carrots. Ouch. It was, it's rough. I have a pretty odd scar. It's in the shape of a triangle. (laughs) FYI. So that's why I do mise en place, because otherwise there will be blood. (laughs) And all up in your food. (laughs) Anyway. So yeah, and, and that's you know something I could be better at, but I'm just not. That's just not the person I am. No, that's not the the prepped. We love you. Anyway. That, is, that is not the prep that I do. Maybe even because. <laughs> is there anything else that's coming to mind that you wanted to talk about, or any other thoughts on this season? You know, the show itself, or anything we made. Not off the top of my head. I'm. I I'll miss these contestants. I don't know if there are any other contestants that I've liked as much as these there's this crew there's one more season that i can remember really liking the contestants on and i can't remember which one it is uh, so i'll remember when i get there but i think you're right this is a crew that you know always sticks with me but i also think that this was the first season you and i both watched and so you know they've just got a kind of a little special place in our hearts yeah yeah same that's absolutely the case it's been a good one i am yeah. excited to do the next I know. I, I'm thrilled to get started back. And it actually seems so, like, simple to go back to just making a cake. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, I, like, I was looking at what the, the challenges potentially were, and I was like... And you're like, that's it? Okay. Just a cake. Yeah. I can make a bit. cake. Got it. Yeah. It's a, I know it's a cake. I know it's a cake. <laughs> all righty. Well... Thank you all so much for joining us this week. If you've liked this episode and this season, please give us a rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you're listening. Our theme music is Tree Monday, which is by Kevin McLeod from Acompetech.com. It's licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. You can see pictures of all of our bakes, or this week, just, you know, some random pictures, uh, at, the, at the Gingham Altar Show on Instagram. And you can find all of this and more in our show notes each week. Uh, that we attach to the show. So if you're ever looking for the recipes, link to the episode, anything like that, we've got you covered. Just scroll down a little bit in your app. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Megan. And this is Mac. Wishing you a lovely bake. (laughs) 